Good evening. Greetings in the Master's name this evening to each of you. I was here nodding my head, but I would just offer again a word of thanks for your involvement in this work in recent months and weeks, and particularly in this past week, in praying for those that were nominated, those that were part of the process that it's much appreciated that um, we can feel that support. So God bless you in that, and I covet your prayers this evening as we continue to worship together. This evening, by way of a title, I don't know how important that is, but I've, I guess my thoughts would be come together under the title Answering the Call. Now, many of you all came out on a very warm afternoon this afternoon, and um, most of you with a sense of anticipation to a degree, but I would venture that these dear couples up here have been processing much more of that in recent days, waiting, wondering, and let's continue to lift them up as we wait together for the Lord to direct this evening in this process. <clears throat> Question was raised this morning where I was sitting in Sunday school that, you know, some people would ask, well, why do we even come to church today? And this evening with the process that we are here for of seeking more brothers to serve in the servant body of the ministry. I had to think about what's behind that, what is involved in that in answering the call. And, and all of us are here this evening, and I expect you have expectations of these dear couples here up front. What expectations do you have of yourself? Are you expecting more of them? than you I understand there is a variation but I don't want us to lose sight that each and every one of us come to know the almighty one to the degree that we sense that call regardless of the choice we make for right or wrong but that we have to deal with that call and that we're willing by God's grace to answer that call Psalm 100 talks about we are the sheep of his pasture the blessings we have of being part of a body who by God's grace has come to understand through the revelations of the word, the God we serve, his will for our lives. And yet our perspective and our response this evening will have so much to do upon my acknowledgement and your acknowledgement of the hand of God in your life as you look on this circumstance. As you look on this process, And for those of us that seek to rest in full faith, it is a beautiful process. As I consider the picture of a sovereign God and his creation of mankind with given the free will and 
as we've come to understand and to know him and to seek to submit ourselves, to seek his direction in our lives and our function in our witness and our worship, according to the words of scripture, there is a beautiful picture there of God's creation responding to his directives, to his mercy, to his grace, and seeking his leading in a time like this. As we consider answering the call this evening, as we anticipate the needs being filled this evening that are before us through these couples, there is a sense in which each one of us need to continue day by day answering that call. Answering that call. How we do it will depend if we can speak of the words of Isaiah in chapter 6. And he, when he said, woe is me, I am undone. When we are undone, we have much more realization of our need of the hand of God in our lives and our lives. For that saving blood of Jesus Christ, but to work, to provide, to do that which we cannot do for ourselves. My mind also went to Isaiah and I'm taking you on a quick hike here on a warm afternoon in a cool place through your minds as we take this quick hike and we arrive to a lookout point to look at some scriptures more focused in on this evening's purpose. But Isaiah, there in 40 and 41, chapter 40 and 41, what a perspective it gives us to understand there is the Almighty One, the Eternal One, the one before whom we are but grasshoppers. And yet he loves us and he cares for us. So as we prepare to answer the call, our perspective will have so much to do with our perception, our, pers our view of who God is. And I trust that you see it from the word of God this evening as we are here in a time of worship. And it's my prayer that it will be truly a time of worship. Romans chapter 12. In concluding my opening thoughts, that concept of what is involved in our lives. Sometimes we come to services like this and we perhaps might lose the perspective of worship. But he here he says to them, following the verses in Romans 11, and he makes uh, reference to some of the thoughts that are given in Isaiah 40, when he says, For who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been his counselor, or who, who hath first, get, first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again? For of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. I beseech you, therefore, Brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Your reasonable service. Your rational, logical service. Your reasonable worship. Your logical worship. The word service there is used, is a word that, latria, and it's used, I think, 
six or seven times in the New Testament, twice and once Jesus used it when he said, those that kill you will think they do God's service. It is a ministration of worship. He used it in that form that they were thinking they would be doing the right thing. Two other times in Romans, I believe in two in Hebrews. It is our reasonable worship. So as we answer the call this evening, I invite you to look with me at a number of passages familiar to the subject before us, the purpose before us. 2 Timothy chapter 3. I'd like to look at two parts of the message this evening. The one being the basis for answering the call, uh, the reason for answering the call, and then um, focus more in the second part on the duties of answering the call. I'll begin reading 2 Timothy 3, verse 14. Paul writes to Timothy, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not, only, not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me, for Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Crescens to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia, only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. And Tychius have I sent to Ephesus. The cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with thee, and the books, but especially the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works, of whom be thou aware also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. At my first answer no man, at my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray, God, that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, and that by me the preaching might be fully known, and that all the Gentiles might hear, and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. 
The Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever and ever. Dropping down to the last two verses. Do thy diligence to come before winter. Eubulus greeteth thee and Pudens and Lenus and Claudia and all the brethren. The Lord Jesus Christ be with thy spirit. Grace be with you. Amen. We'll be looking at last part of chapter 3 and, and some of chapter 4 and also some drawing some from 1 Peter 5 as we go along. Answering the call and some the basis for answering the call this evening is somewhat been set before us in, in previous messages and the qualification messages. But I would like us just to note a number of things that, that he brings out here in these verses. And that is a reference already I made this evening to the fact that the the knowledge of the Almighty One through His Word. He says, he refers to that here in chapter 3, verse 14, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. So we see the, the effect of the light of the Scripture illuminating, impacting, imprinting in our lives. And by the grace of God, so much more as until we see the day approaching of his return. We need that strength. We need that assurance. We need that. And he is encouraging him. And earlier reference, he makes reference to the impact of having been taught and the, his, with his grandmother and his mother, Lois and Eunice, um, but then he goes on to say all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is a basis on which we seek to align our lives with and submit ourselves to. And so it develops within us a change, uh, a direction, a charge based on the knowledge that we have come to know from the word of God. And um, we are called to be light in this dark world. Jesus came to make us understand, to help us understand. When we think of the, the basis for answering the call, we reflect in Scripture on the, those tasks. We have specific accounts of Timothy and Titus that were to ordain elders in every city to set in place those that were to be assigned and charged with giving direction to the leading of the churches in each place. And so God has set forth purpose in the servant body. And if we look in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verse 42 there, Jesus draws the correlation between uh, following the desire of the disciples there expressed of their own desires. He, he reminds them that in his kingdom, those that lead, those that serve as servants are different than the Gentile leaders of that day. 
and of the day in which we live as well. Secondly, I would like to note beyond in this passage the enlightenment that the scripture brings, but along with that charge to to accept that responsibility, it makes us aware of the coming judgment and the fact that I trust most all of us are here this evening with a personal understanding of where we would be apart from the blood of Jesus Christ. And that it creates within us a sense of rejoicing of which we have a desire to let others know of the goodness of God through Jesus Christ. The coming judgment, the mercy of God, that he can remove our sins as far as the heaven is from the earth. Talks about it here in verse, first verse of chapter 4. Who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom? The coming judgment. Knowing the terrors of the Lord, we persuade men. And in the body of Christ, one of the deep elements of, of love and burden that we bear is an understanding of the lives of those that do not know him, the choices they make, the elements of shipwreck that come. I made reference to Paul referencing Timothy's grandmother and his mother. I would like to just encourage you this evening, dear ones. How many grandmothers are here? Raise your hands. Raise them high. Okay. Hopefully that didn't affect your rotator cuffs too badly. <laughs> Don't stop. Don't stop doing what you're called to do. A few weeks ago, a unique situation arose where there was a vehicle came into the back of our property there on a couple of occasions. We didn't know the purpose of it. And uh, the second time it happened, I went and to investigate what their, their intent was. And I didn't find them initially. And then I came upon them there, parked out closer by the road. And then I didn't know what I was going to do either. It was dark already, not knowing their intent. And so I sat there waiting, and the man got out of the back of the vehicle, and he seemed quite indecisive himself. And soon he came over toward me, toward the truck, and we started conversing. And I made a new acquaintance. But what I want to tell you about it is that he had a fear of the judgment of government. He didn't want me to call the police, and I had no intention of calling the police. Now, I assured him of that, but I said, I did tell him, I said, I would have a few words of counsel to offer you regarding your relationships that you're pursuing. Parking there with a lady friend. And I just felt led to share with him the simple concept of where man heads when we walk in the flesh. Where that path leads. And the contrast of, of having that orientated from the spirit to the soul to the body versus starting at the body 
and wandering down that sad trail. And he had come over closer to the truck and was standing there in the mostly darkness that we were in. And I made a few comments regarding that and I referred to the scriptures that teach us, the Bible teaches us that. And he kind of backed up and hung his head and he says, yes, I know. My grandmother was a Mennonite. I later come to find out he didn't know at all who I was. He didn't know I was a Mennonite or what I was. And that's not to say there's any glory in the name Mennonite. But the, the doctrines, the principles that the scripture set forth are such a blessing. And not only in the lives of those who are called to stand before and minister the word in worship services, but in all of our lives of warning of the coming judgment. And he said she always was making efforts to keep that family in line. I don't know the details. But your grandmothers, stick with your task. And your mothers too. We persuade men. As we look for brethren to step in to fill needs, we, we have the confidence that they have the commitment to, to convey those thoughts, to persuade men, to have that desire. Thirdly, we see here an increased reference to an increased opposition in the world around us, and, and that was way back then. What is it now? In verse 3, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And yet, I believe with the, the, the meekness and gentleness of Christ, there is a way to offer words of encouragement And there are ears that are open. I spoke to that young fellow yesterday again. Increased opposition. He says, they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. We are looking this evening for brethren to answer the call in full commitment to the word of Scripture to the life of the church as we have understand and interpreted it. And so it is a, a challenge for us to, to seek to move forward in that regard. We need the direction of God in every facet of our lives. There's a couple of verses, perhaps I'll go ahead and read those from Jeremiah 23. You know, God sometimes, He didn't mince words when when people failed to, to honor him. <clears throat> Jeremiah 23, verses 21 and 22. Here we have a couple of verses referring to those who went about um, perhaps a self-assignment or pursuing their own goals. And he says here of the prophets, I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel, God is wanting them and us today to stand in his counsel and had caused my people to hear my words, then they should have turned them from their evil way and from the evil of their doings. 
So may we seek to answer the call, each one of us, that we would hear the word, the voice of God, receive the counsel he has not only for our lives, but to, to bear the glad tidings of the blessings of walking with the Lord and the refuge that we have in Christ with others as well. Second Timothy, going back to um, the New Testament now again. He warns us there as well in chapter 3 of the fact that evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. And yet we are called by God's grace to exemplify. And imitate. The work of Christ. <clears throat> Reasons for the basic purpose of answering the call has to do with the scriptures setting forth the reasons also have to do with the fact that we as servants follow, follow through our time of serving follow through our time of labor and the point comes when we are uh, we near the time to need to be replaced um, so that is another reason that's offered in verse um, <clears throat> six there, I believe it is. Right. Page. So there is that aspect as well. But then in, in verse eight, we see um, also the the fact of the promise of his return uh, in conjunction with the element of the coming judgment. We look forward to that. Paul was looking for that day, whether he lived or whether he died. Um, there is a the promise of his return, Paul said, not to me only, but to all who are faithful to him. As we seek to labor, I'd like to move into the last part of the message now, looking at the duties of answering the call, the responsibilities of receiving a charge. Now, these brethren here this evening, many of which have been, all of which have been serving faithfully, some have been serving in the ministry already. And so there is a sense of an additional charge, perhaps, coming upon them. Um, one of the primary elements that we see in this text passage and also in 1 Peter chapter 5 is found in verse 2 of 2 Timothy chapter 4. Preach the word. Preach the word. In Peter, he talks about feeding the flock. Feeding the flock. Um, the need to preach, to proclaim, to seek to set it forth according to the scriptures. And that is a a tremendous task. Many of us feel very inadequate in that regard. And so that call, we, we come to God in the fear of God, and yet we have a desire to seek to maintain the pure doctrine. Secondly, we see in this passage the call for flexibility, if you will. The, he says, be instant in season and out of season. 
when it's convenient, when it's not convenient. And sometimes, you know, that that change of coming into a place of service in the life of the church, it brings changes, and yet we need to seek to honor our other responsibilities and at the same time have that shepherd's heart that is willing to allow the most important things to take place in their proper priorities. Ready in prayer, ready in service, ready in counsel, ready in comfort. We never know what we face. I remember so well the evening. I'm sure many of there's quite a few here this evening that would have been here, but the evening our brother James Heatwell passed away right here, he fell over. As a younger minister, that was a shock. And yet, to go to the hospital and pray with the family. In season, out of season. Those are the kinds of things these brethren have been doing and are willing to be called to a further charge in doing. May you bless them in that sense. <clears throat> Thirdly, here even in verse 2 as well, we see the aspect of the difficult parts of the call to rebuke, to exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine, and yet to do it in such a way, and I appreciated Brother Nathan's reference to this as in his devotional regarding the humility and forbearance that the atmosphere we create as we surrender ourselves to God's hand will go a long way toward being an example for our fellow brothers and sisters. And may God minister to all of us as we grow in that, regardless of our place of service. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort. Our God is a God of mercy. And sometimes in the natural response of our flesh, it's easy to come down a little bit hard. It's easy. And sometimes we talk about, well, brother mercy and brother prophet, different concepts. But we all need to bring ourselves to the altar and ask God to make us what he wants us to be. In Micah seven eighteen, there's a verse there that says, Who is a God like unto thee? It goes on to talk about who pardoneth iniquity and so forth and transgressions because he delighteth in mercy. He delighteth in mercy. Of course, Micah 6, 8 is very familiar to us. Do justly, love mercy, walk humbly with thy God. In Galatians 6, there where it talks about restoring a fallen brother, it stresses the aspect of meekness that we are called to in those settings um, as well. I, I've always um, <clears throat> read with interest in Paul's approach toward things in, in the Gospels or in, the, in, the, in the, his epistles, his letters, and that he addressed different situations differently. But he was one who expressed 
mercy, and yet there were times when there was direct, willful pursuit of, of sin, and he had the fortitude to encourage them to deal rightly in those situations. Long-suffering goes along with this. Last part of that verse. Exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. Ignoring. Um, sometimes it's helpful to, to seek by God's grace to discern a person's perception. If it is a willful uh, act of rebellion or or if it is an individual that is through ignorance or needs to be taught, we need to be patient, we need to be merciful by God's grace. And um, <clears throat> that comes through another thing that Brother Nathan referred to earlier, that is of being an example. Being examples in 1 Peter 5, verse 3, um, the importance of that comes through as well. our effort and willingness to sacrifice ourselves and our own perspectives for the life of the church will enable us to encourage those we are laboring among as well and have an openness between us by the grace of God. Verse 5 here talks about, but watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. <clears throat> but in all of those things, he says, watch thou in all things. There is a sense in which I am sure that if you have sought to bring these brethren before us, there was a sense in which you had a desire to see brethren that have discernment, that are willing to watch in all things. And yet it is a, an ongoing work for which you should pray for them, whoever is called. That they can have that discernment, that they can even open themselves up personally for, for sharing, to have open ears to hear, you know, um, Probably all of us have been in a situation where something else uh, became a priority over who we were listening to momentarily and we felt bad about it. But those that are sharing with us need to have the confidence that we are truly hearing them. First Peter talks about another item I want to look at. First Peter 5, if you care to turn there. to be clothed with humility. And um, we as brethren need that continual reminder. Sometimes we may do better at that than others, but he says here in verse 5, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. 
there is a sense in which we are all open to the mutual counsel of each other. And um, in recent years, I guess I, I began to understand and have appreciated more the fact that to be clothed is the concept of being vestured and to be clothed with um, that humility which in that term that's used referred to this, the white apron that the servants wore. And as we seek to serve, as those are called to serve, may God give us grace and may all of us seek to be clothed with that humility um, as we relate to each other. Someone recently said, well, if we, if we were together every day instead of just on weekends, we might get a little more tired of each other. I guess that's real family, isn't it? When you relate every day. And yet, there is a sense in which we go back. We go back to that body, soul, and spirit. And if we as brothers and sisters seek to relate on the basis of the Spirit's leading and carry it back to the physical, the doors of of humility and forbearance will open without a lot of screeching of the hinges, I believe, and allow us to relate and communicate. Paul said, as he conveyed these things, he was thinking, he was talking, he was feeling that his departure was at hand. <clears throat> 1 Timothy, if you care to turn back there to chapter 1. He said, I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. The faithfulness of the Apostle Paul is a blessing to me because it seems that by the grace of God he had not he was able to retain that understanding of his own need. And I believe that is so key and essential for myself, for the needs of each one of us in his ministry. He says here in verse 15, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Being called to preach is not a putting someone on a pedestal, but it's rather ministering grace in the midst of and beneath at times. Ministering the word of God even when it's rejected. Ministering the word of God when those don't seem to understand and you are called to, to respect and submit and honor and show grace and pray and continue to minister. This evening, in answering the call, we have this before us. It is a call to sacrifice. It is a call to commitment. It is my prayer this evening that 
this time, this process will stand out in your mind and be a strengthening in your own life and walk. To consider, as you observe this evening, those that were willing to answer the call and those upon whom the call falls. Return that question as you look in the mirror and pray for these dear ones and answer the question, what am I answering the call with? Let us kneel to pray.